On this episode of the Gnostic Deluge, we discuss Ralph Waldo Emerson's essay on self-reliance. It's surprisingly relevant to today's world, even though it was written in 1840s America. In this essay, Emerson pulls back the curtain and reveals to us the biggest conspiracy against the individual. Enjoy! Here we are, Brandon. Hey, Mark. Back again. Um, And this time talking about our old buddy Ralph or uh, Waldo. Yeah. We <laughs> already we, figured out. What we can't do is spend half the episode trying to figure out what to call him. <laughs> no, I just, I call him Waldo. There we go. Waldo. That was what he went by. Yeah, that's what he liked being called. So yeah. Ralph Waldo Emerson, the legend. You know, what's funny is as we were starting this episode, it's been like three weeks since we last recorded or so, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Last week was Christmas. That's the excuse. Or wait, was this week's Christmas? Oh, last week was my son's birthday. Yeah, that was Okay. Right. Anyways, um, where was I going? Oh. Unto us a child was born. Oh, indeed. And his name shall be Enoch. His name shall be Enoch. So what's funny is every time we start this and I'm watching myself in the re- the camera that we don't want to watch ourselves in. I'm not going to say yeah. close that. Yeah, you know, you didn't say it. Good job. <laughs> I just did. Every time we start... <laughs> Like, I look at myself, and I'm like, oh, I wish I would, like, I always start the same way. You always say, hey, and I always go, hey, and it's, like, the same. Hey, that's, people, people like that. The consistency. Yeah, they're like, hopefully Brandon says, hey. I think that there's probably been a few times that I was inconsistent, and we probably lost viewers. Yeah, they're like, what? Who are these guys? <laughs> well, so, um, yeah, today... We decided, because um, we're still trying to figure out where we're going to go, because uh, yeah, we're going we're gonna to have a smorgasbord after this, where, and we're going to talk about what we we're looking at, what we're interested in. Um, but anyway, uh, so I decided, because Brandon, re- I know Brandon likes The Self-Reliance by Ralph Waldo Emerson. You know, and, yeah, and uh, it was my first I, one I read of his. I, w- I was interested in reading it, and it's pretty cool because it's not exactly what you think. Whenever I think of self reliance, I think of like taking well, okay, self reliance, but like kind of like survivalist, yeah, like out there in the woods being able to rely on their own. Yeah, I think things, of either that, but I think of that, or else I think it. of like financial self reliance, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that and that's not where he he takes it, and so we'll talk about it. But first, what we got first? You you, you surprised me. I'm excited. Okay, yeah. yes. Mark has a surprise. I found a little. I I, f- I found something at the store, and I was like, oh my gosh, we got to try these. Okay, we're usually big ginger beer. He's drinkers. hiding them from me. I can't see these. And um, and you know, ginger ale's all right, hmm. but. Yeah. Canada Dry Bold Ginger oh, Ale. Oh, and have you tried any of these? No, yet? I haven't. Okay. So this is going to be brand spanking wow, new. Canada Dry. Because, okay, Canada Dry is probably the the weakest of the ginger ales. Yeah, I, don't, I never really cared for like it. Like Verner's is, Verner in my, okay, this is in my thing, Verner's is tops. Yeah. When it comes to ginger ale. Same. It's got that, it's got spice, enough spice to it is what my mom would always give us when we're, when we're young and sick, you know, with that. Yeah. Because of the ginger. Yeah. Yeah. And 
So, but if you're on an airplane, you always get Canada dry, you know, Yeah, that's for some reason. Anyway, so this is Canada dry bold ginger ale. Let's see. It's bolder than Canada dry. It reminds me exactly of Canada dry. Where's the boldness? Well, I think it's bolder. Not much bolder. <laughs> I guess this is... <laughs> It's bold, eh? Get it? <laughs> Hoser? <laughs> I guess it's as bold as a Canadian ginger ale can be. I wonder if this is actually made in Canada. Let's see. I mean, I guess it, you know, it's called Canada Dry, but Yeah, it's too, it's it's too hard to tell where they're made at. Anyway. Well, oh, but it's the Dr. Pepper and 7 Up company, so. Yeah. Well, um, you know, it's not bad. Guys, better luck next time. It tastes like it. I'll put a positive spin on it. It's not bad. Like I'll probably finish this. No, I'll definitely finish it because yeah. I mean I opened it so and it's a small can. We got it come. Well, it came in these small cans. Be fair. We've had a few drinks that um I haven't finished. Yeah, you know, and Especially there's been a few that late, you haven't finished either. Of late. You know what's interesting is I have someone who recently has a new viewer, right? Uh -huh. I think he's watching the YouTube videos. He's a new viewer of the last month or two, and he was uh, giving me some feedback. And I, I always love getting feedback because you know I don't get a lot. And he was mentioning how he's like, oh, I love it how you guys are always uh, opening up these drinks and trying them out. And he goes, I wish I was there with you drinking those drinks. I'm like, yeah. Hey, buddy, just be glad you're not here today. <laughs> No, I thought that there would be a little more ginger ale. Well, look at how up front. Look how big. If you're a viewer, look how big bold is written on that. Yeah, it's like okay, I get it. And I, now I need to try a regular Canada Dry because how weak is that? Is that gonna be? So, <laughs> sorry, Canada Dry, but you need to be a little bolder. Just put a little more ginger in there. Yeah, to be fair, I've never been a canada dry fan anyway so i'm not like disappointed at all i mean it would have been nice to like yeah but hey good good uh good find because there's schweppes yeah you know canada dry i have a and hard then, but verners dude i have a hard time not drinking verners but if i'm gonna drink one of the, like the main brands no you want something with with some kick a little kick to it and yeah. and verners always comes through and they're supposedly supposed to be one of the they used to use stevia back in the day mm -hmm. for their sweetener and then they got banned. They because of the like the corn. FDA yeah. was like, you can't use that. It's experimental sweet, you know, like or something like that. They were they were really pushing the corn uh, corn syrup. So. Yeah. Yep. Anyway, it's uh, so I think uh, I I lived a little while in in Canada. Michigan. Oh yeah, and Verner's Michigan's is, own Verner's is big in Michigan, yeah. right? And they have, you know, you know, Rupert floats. Uh -huh. Well, people out there would make, and I, and I, someone, I, I've gotten it a few times now. Sometimes you would find it like at a diner or something or a cafe, but they would have a Werner floats. Really? But they had a name for them. And I'm trying to think of the name. Something cooler. Cool, cooler? No. Like, cooler? I want to say Boston cooler, but it wasn't Boston cooler. So it's another something. Else. And like, I think it was the name of a city cooler. But huh. they would use it. It was like a Werner float with some vanilla ice cream and some Verners. And it was good. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. In fact, in fact, I would say that it's better 
than like a root beer float. Really? Yeah. Huh. Mark, Mark's intrigued. Well, we might have to have those kind of floats on this show. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Maybe should... next episode. Yeah. Well, okay, so... Did we mention that we're doing... Oh, we did. So, Self-Reliance, <laughs> Ralph Waldo Emerson, and I just want to say that what's interesting about... I want to say, years ago, I used to I used to collect um, quotes. You know how quotes make you sound smarter than you are? Yeah, you're like... Oh, I got this quote for that, once, you know? Uh... And I had quotes from people that I didn't even know who they were, you know? And oh, yeah. I still do. Like I have, I have oral. I, I like whenever somebody quotes somebody and then it's misquote, it's misquoted. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's it. They say it's that was Benjamin Franklin that said that, and it wasn't. Yeah. And that happens um, a lot. I have quotes. No, I have quotes today. They. I usually know who the quotes from, and I know who they are. But I still have a few that of people that I don't. I haven't read their stuff, and I have quotes in my notes from them, and I keep them. Well, hey. Waldo here, he, I had a lot of quotes from him, and there was one one quote that I really liked, and I, I didn't know where it was from. And so when I first read Self-Reliance, uh, I actually found it he in came there. came across it. I'm like, oh, this is where this quote Brandon, that I've been share quoting. that quote with us. Want me to share that quote Just with you? share that quote with us. Okay. Oh, you don't have it marked? Oh, I actually probably have it marked. Want me to, have, want me to mark it? Well, it's fine. Actually, I got, there's a couple of really good quotes. One that rhymes that I was like, I needed to learn that one. Oh, yeah. Do you I, know what I'm talking about? No. But I, I want I did want to mention that Ralph, or Waldo, tends to, he also was a poet. I like calling him Emerson, though. Like, <laughs> well, no, I'm just saying. I like calling him, actually, I do, too. Because we're not on a first tongue. name base, basis. Yeah. With so, him, Emerson, so. Now we're already changing it. <laughs> Emerson was a poet, too, and. At the beginning of all of his essays, at least in this book, at least I mean, I mean I'm not sure. There's a one of he, his poems. he does he has it in this. Um, watch this. So I'm gonna go Emerson here. Oh, these are ones that he wrote. This is from something else. Here it is. Um, so it's I I called it a foolish consistency, mm-hmm. and we'll get to this probably, or we'll mention it. Oh yeah, we will. You know which one this is. Yeah, this okay. is one, so one of the oh. things I have. Okay. Oh, wait, this is the one that I was saying. Should we wait then? No, the, but this is the one I was saying that I liked, and I want to commit to memory because it rhymes. Okay. Oh, <laughs> really? Yeah. Okay. That's funny. So a foolish consistency is the hobgoblin of little minds. Ador- it does rhyme, doesn't it? Adored by little statesmen and philosophers and divines. With consistency, a great soul has simply nothing to do. He may as well concern himself with his shadow on the wall. Speak what you think now in hard words, and tomorrow speak what tomorrow thinks in hard words again, though in though it contradict everything you said today. Uh, so you shall be sure to misunder you sh- you shall be sure to be misunderstood. Is it so bad then to be misunderstood? Pythagoras was misunderstood, and Socrates, and Jesus, and Luther, and Copernicus, and Galileo, and Newton, and every pure and wise spirit that ever took flesh. To be great is to be misunderstood. And you actually sent that quote to me in, on, over a text that so we, we could go to. Yeah. You? Okay. Yeah. yeah, I was listening to it. I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. To be great is to be misunderstood. So I had that quote. It's like, nobody pretty... gets me, man. And I've been... <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, nobody like, gets me. I'm misunderstood. Gosh. So anyways, um, let's let's uh, get into this. Waldo gets me, man. Waldo gets you. He knows. 
the plight of us great people. So I'm looking at I'm looking at your copy, and you have well, let's just something go. before you have like a little poem or something. Yeah, but it, and it's fine. Okay. Yeah, why didn't you get it? I don't know. Oh, I probably have it right here. Oh yeah, is that it? Yeah. Okay. So for some reason, that's a the good guy poem. Actually, there. It's, it's fine. So um, well, you didn't mark it, Brandon. No, I didn't mark it. That's, that's why I that turned great. the page. Actually, well, do you mark a poem though? Like, you know, if you like it, if you like, do you mark the whole thing? I know someone who used to mark uh, the scriptures, like the Bible and stuff. I do that. Well, and so do, I think most people who read them and who like try and study them do. Yeah, whenever something, yeah. But like, the, but they got to the point when like every page was marked, like the whole page. Like, hey, yeah. Well, it's like, wait, why are you just marking certain parts? Isn't it all good? Yeah, you sure. Call them out. How yeah. dare you? What are some better than others? You're picking and choosing. So my the thing the first thing in his essay is he talks about he he starts it off with referring to an eminent painter. Oh yeah. And he says the soul o- he says the soul always hears an admonition. Well, I guess what he says is um he was reading some verses by an eminent painter that which were, original. were original and not conventional. And then he mentioned this is where he goes. He goes the soul always hears an admonition hey, in such lines. Let the subject. Oh, We're nice! Some drinks. This is. That works. Yeah, sweet. Yeah. Hey, we got. We're getting our delivery by our. Uh... Thanks, Damon. Thanks, man. Okay. So this is the. What are the? What's the drink? We've had this before. Yeah, these are the best. Golden ginger drinks. Golden ginger drinks from Starbucks. All right. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks a lot. This is a good thing. It's a good thing those um, ginger ales didn't turn out very well. Oh man! Now that's bold, right there. That is bold. Well, so okay. <laughs> <laughs> so where were you going with this? Okay, here we go. Okay, so to believe your own. All right. So he says, "The soul always hears an admonition. Admonition in such lines. Let the subject be what it may." The sentiment they instill is of more value than any thought they may contain. So it's interesting that he doesn't even share what the thought no, was. No. He just says it was such a profound, interesting new thought that it didn't even matter what it was. It was more the impression that yeah. was made. And it's like the words don't, and that's what he's saying is the words don't really matter. Yeah. Like what matters is what happens in your mind and what happens in your in your understanding. The aha moment that happens for you can, can be from anything. Mm-hmm. And that I think that's how he and that's how he's starting off this self reliance is like, hey, you don't need to like go outside. Like you can you can pull this in from within yourself. Yeah. Okay, so the next line he says, To believe your own thought, to believe that what is true for you in your private heart is true for all men, that is genius. That is genius. So this is I think this is the um Right at the very beginning, he has the whole crux of the whole self-reliance thing. And I wrote, I, to believe your own thought, to believe in yourself, you know, and not and not just because we get kind of uh, what's uh, through through our lives, we start doubting ourselves and our own oh, thoughts. We're always, yeah, we're always looking. And for we're taught something. that. Yeah, exactly. And to be, that's, that's what I was going to say. To be fair, a lot of us are taught to like 
to look for the guide or look for what's going to look for the system that will that will teach you the best things. Yeah. Right. Never uh, or to fit into some kind of system. Yeah, exactly. You no, know, even if it's not, it's just well, you need to fit in. You need to, you know, and that's what school teaches you and mm-hmm. church and yeah, and society in general. You need to fit in. There's no room for. But we'll get into that. Uh, he, the part I have marked um, now is the highest merit we ascribe to Moses, Plato, and mm-hmm. Milton is that they set at not books and traditions. And spoke not what men, but what they thought. I love so that. Spoke too. not what men, but what they thought. A man should learn to detect and watch that gleam of light which flashes across his mind from within, more than the luster of the firmament of bards and sages. Referring, he refers to that over and over in this essay of going back to what was written in the past. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's interesting because he's like. He's talking about Moses and Plato and Milton, you know, that they actually went by their own thoughts. You know, what does he say? He said it not books and traditions, you know, I mean, and but if they spoke what they thought, you know, or, or believed was true, you yeah. know, and <clears throat> and uh, and but then he goes on and he says that you every man needs to learn to detect or watch for the gleam that goes through his mind, that little glisten, those glistening thoughts um, that come from within more than even the things that like even these people say. Sure. So he, he says they follow their thoughts, but at the, you need to be sure not to, I mean, you know, they had great thoughts and everything, but yeah. not don't get caught up in their thought, you know, and that's what have I, your own mind. That's like the, that's the thing that the rest of this essay, I continue to think to myself, he is basically, in a way, saying, don't, don't, I mean, I'm reading his thoughts right now, you know, like he's basically like, he's basically uh, demarketing himself in a way, like, yeah, don't, le- don't listen to what other people have to say. Well, he is, but he's not because be well, yeah, it's like it's almost like it's contradiction to even read this, you know, because you're like, dude, this guy's a genius. Exactly. <laughs> Why didn't I ever think that? But actually in right up here, um he goes on actually right in the at the beginning. Um Well, talking about that gleam of your own of your own thoughts. I don't know if you, uh, but you you've got what I'm where I'm going to. But okay. uh, oh, I love that. You part. know, but we we did. He says he dismisses without notice his thoughts because it is his. So we, he talked about looking at that gleam, but we learn we've learned to dismiss our own thoughts because they're our own and not, and not because they're other people, genius guys, you know, like we're saying with this essay, we're like, Whoa, I wish I wouldn't have, or would have thought about that. And then, and then the very end, the, the thing that you have. Yeah. And he Mark, says, um, he says else tomorrow, a stranger will say with masterly good sense, precisely what we have thought and felt all the time. And we should be forced to take with shame, our own opinion with, from another so that's that's basically I've had that happen before. I know, but that, know? that's what we're talking about with reading the essay too. Sure, like you're just like, whoa, this is why you know, like 
yeah, this seems so right. You're, you know, and maybe we, in the past, we've had a thought somewhat similar, yeah. but we dismissed it. I mean, I've, I've been in that position where I've heard someone say something and then I'm like, oh, I wanted to. I never, of course, you don't, you don't do it. That. You don't do it because it's lame, but I wanted to be like, oh, I've always thought that. You You've know, never like, said well, that? We never said anything about it. Like, oh, well, <laughs> guess what? I'm saying it. So, yeah, that. Ima- you know, imagine being you you had your inward thoughts that you've never spoken and probably never even lived, and also somebody says it and you're like, Oh dude. It's like having an invention and all of a sudden you realize somebody else invented oh, it. Have you ever had that? Oh yes. Like, damn. Yeah. Like you have that stroke of insight. Think it's so long. basically he's Talking about embracing your, you know, the gleam, the light, the thoughts that you have, not dismissing them, or else someday you're just going to get them, somebody else is going to come up with it. Yeah. And steal, you know, not steal your thoughts, but they're going to actually... You're going to feel like they were stolen. Yeah, you're like, but I thought that. Yeah. And it's like, well, it doesn't matter because you never did anything about it. I remember years ago, I was, we were actually both working at UPS, right? And there was, um, remember that movie Inception that came mm-hmm. out? Well, on the, on one of the slides in the, uh, in the, in the warehouse, a box of Inception posters broke open down the slide. Oh, okay. And they were in a different language though. It was like, it was a different language. It wasn't English. And and so it wasn't called Inception. The posters were they called Mind Crime, Mind Crime. Yeah, and, I, and so it was before the movie came out, and I didn't know. I'm like, so I'm looking at the poster, and I had this story that I was working on at the time that was, and I told this a few people now, like the the the, the plot and like the idea of Inception. I had a story in my mind that I'm like that would be a cool story to tell, and then Inception came out, and I felt like. That was my story. Obviously, it wasn't. Brandon wrote Inception, guys. Yeah, I did it. I was the original author. Where's or, where did you get royalties for it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but anyways, we we have those happen. Those things are. There's no way that you're going to be the only one to think something. You know, so it'll, it'll only be a matter of time that you'll hear your own thoughts that you had before. Someone else will say it. Yeah, that's brave enough or bold enough, and you'll be like. Oh, Hopefully they're bolder than Canada Dry. Uh, I'm I'm pretty sure they would be. I'm pretty sure they would be bolder. <laughs> Anything <laughs> that doesn't take much. This turmeric drink is way bolder. The, the golden ginger drink. Yep. Well. So anyway, you got to get comfortable with yourself unless you want to be hearing, or in your thoughts, unless you want to be he- hearing, said back to you from somebody else you know, what you should have said. So, um, he says that he must take himself for better, for worse as his portion. Um, and then he goes on and talks about like, uh, where, what do you have Mark? Okay. Um, no kernel of nourishing corn can come Mm. to him, but through his toil bestowed on that plot of ground, which is given to him to till. So uh, the power which resides in him is new in nature and none but he knows what that is which he can do nor does he know until he has tried. Okay, so basically he's saying that you, you, every individual has this 
this plot of ground and the 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 this kernel, you know. Mm-hmm. So he uses two. Which analogies. is that's actually pretty hermetic right there. Yeah, the whole uh, uh, gender. Okay. Right, planting a seed, like the the higher mind and the natural mind, and growing things in fertile ground. And but whether it's you growing them or somebody else growing them is is a whole another story. Remember that? Remember that? Oh yeah, yeah. Where they're oh yeah now and yeah where it's like yeah you're kind of manipulating so you can you know yeah. or are you going to be manipulated exactly. or are you going to manipulate yourself sure yeah and but he's say he's saying that you everybody has this kernel or in this plot of ground that that can grow into something you know great and whenever i say great or become what it needs to be what it should become let's just say that without even saying great okay you know and but it's it's only in their power to be able to reveal what it actually is to that, that it's, it's self-reliance, I guess that it's the self that can make it become what it's supposed to become. That can take care yeah. of it. That went over my head. The first time I read it, I believe the first few times I didn't mark that, but that's pretty good. Yeah. Oh yeah. I thought it was cool because like, uh, it's like through his what- toil, um, through his own toil, the power which resides in him is new in nature. It's this unique, totally unique thing. Every individual is totally unique. That it's new in nature, and none but he knows it, what he can do. But he doesn't even know it till he has tried to try it. Yeah, it's like you have to You don't even know what you can be- become. Yeah. So every individual, it's like, I don't know. I really like the his stuff because... It's, he's very like independent. I guess this is kind of that early American. Sure. I mean, this is this is written in 1841, or you know. Yeah. And uh, I mean, you know, uh, one of those early American independent thinkers, like Thoreau and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I'd like to do his th- uh, Thoreau's one on. Uh, oh, what is it? Oh, the the um the right so, social yeah I, oh, gosh dang it where you don't <laughs> um anyway well whatever we, we couldn't find that one yeah but the yeah. one where you you're uh golly you don't participate yeah it's society. like a reverse it's like a reverse <laughs> I can't think of what it is. Anyway, on that one, because it's like this super oh, social. Oh, whatever. Anyway, but it, that that actually that essay that he wrote on that and later inspired uh, Gandhi and different things. So it's like this independent thinking. Civil disobedience. Civil disobedience. Because that one's an interesting thing where and it kind of goes along with this, I think. Where you're just like, I'm not going to be pushed around, you know. I don't have to participate, you know. And mm-hmm. you intentionally don't participate. Yeah. So anyway. Oh, so so, but you know, everybody has that. They're a kernel that's gonna that can become something, something different, something unique in the world. You know, but they don't. They'll never. 
even know what it is until they've put it to the test and developed their thoughts, you know, or developed their personality. Well, or and we can't, we can't know what it is when we look, when all we do is look outside to find out how to, what to, how to grow that and what to make it right. Yeah. Yeah. We're looking, I mean, in that, that I, yeah, you're where you're looking at somebody else. How did they do it? I mean, I've done that so many times. I'm like, how did you know? And then you you compare you compare yourself to somebody else, and it's good to look at other sure. people. But it's a good idea. Sometimes it's like you want to do it exactly. You know, I've I've seen it where people go to you know not gurus, but just people that they they like, and they ask them questions about dating and everything. It's like you know, just weird stuff that it's like, well, what does that have to do with anything? You know. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I don't know if that, but. I like, uh, he says that God will not have his work made manifest Mm. by cowards. Yeah, I love that. That's like epic. Like God has a work to do, but he's not, if you're, if you're cowardly, if you're afraid of your own thoughts or or whatever, God's not, he's not going to manifest through a coward. I mean, any, any prophet and stuff, you know, like take the Bible or whatever they, they're going and they're going in and saying, you guys are doing, you know, what's wrong. You know, you're not doing, you've fallen away or whatever. And, and they're going against the grain. I mean, Jesus, you know, going or, or, uh, Jeremiah or Isaiah, you know, all those guys. And sometimes people reform. Sometimes they end up killing the prophet. And then getting, you know, totally. It's just, but they're bold enough to say, "Hey, things need to change." So don't expect to have God speak through you if you're not willing. You know, if you're a cowardly. That's, that's the thing is all the when we all these people that we end up in the we end up quoting someday, you know, and they have books or they have they did something profound that changed the world, and we always look back to them and go, "Wow." You know, they always like they and I and that's the, one of the first things you read is like who oh and he actually mentions later who was Newton's teacher who was oh Shakespeare yeah yeah he mentions that later it's like they did something profound they had the guts to go out and do it it was really hard probably to do it yeah and they had the courage to go do it while most people and I'm not this is not an insult but most people just re- just follow them. Yeah. And yeah. Well, yeah, they, they, they're, they make their, their mark because yeah, they're, they're, they're bold enough to say, but we'll get to that. So the next, the kind of the next thing that he, he emphasizes is trust thyself. So there's a few points. The The first one is believe in your, believe your own thought, but to reinforce this, he says, trust thyself. Um, when every heart vibrates to that iron string, accept the place the divine providence has found for you, the society for your contemporaries, the connection of events. You know, that's the thing. That's that's hard to do. Trust that you're already in the right place and that you're, you know what I'm saying, that you don't have to go out and find yourself. Like it's already here somewhere and you can, like the people around you, the events that have taken place, these aren't like getting in your way. These are, these are the things that are going to, you, you can use 
That's interesting you know? because I think a lot of times I personally am like waiting for some event to happen or something to change. We all are. Yeah. We always and wait for the next chapter. I'm like waiting yeah for some spiritual thing to happen where maybe it's just to get you know being comfortable that's and why i was talking, using situations i was talking to my wife about this last night that's why there's that whole saying that money can't buy happiness because when people say that like oh you know it's like a, it's like a, it's like a cliche right oh money can't buy happiness like, like you know but i always think to myself yeah but you know what paying the bills really helps your stress levels you know yeah and so I've always been a critic to that statement, like money can't buy happiness. But I think that when I when I step back and I look at it, I, I understand that, yeah, money can really help out with a lot of life stresses. But when you're always looking for something more and you're looking to move on, I think that's why we people that have all the money they can, they can ever need and ever have, and then they're still unhappy, that's why they get to, they go into these high levels of depression and end up getting, you know, ruining ruining their lives because they're like, I can't get any more money and I still am not, I haven't found myself yet. Yeah. So now where do I go? And I think that's what we, we do that naturally. We always, we're always looking for something else Mm -hmm. rather than looking to where we're at. And he says that great men have always done that. They, and confided themselves childlike to the genius of their age, betraying their perception that the absolutely trustworthy was seated at the at their heart, working through their hands, predominating in all in all their being. And then I don't know why I didn't quote that part, but I did quote. And we are now men, and we must accept in the highest mind the same transcendent destiny, and not miners and invalids in a protected corner, not cowards fleeing before a revolution, but guides, redeemers, and benefactors. Obeying the almighty effort and advancing on chaos in the dark. So changing their own, what's going on. Yeah, being guides, redeemers, benefactors, advancing on chaos in the dark. Yeah. So making their own way. Yeah. In their circumstances, not waiting for circumstances to change. Um, yep. Well, um... Then he kind of goes through, I don't know what, uh, oh yeah, something else marked. Infancy conforms to nobody. Infancy conforms to nobody. All conform to it. So that one babe commonly makes four or five out of the adults who prattle and play to it. Yep. Yep. We babes. Out of the mouth of babes. Out of the mouth of babes. So, um, the next part, um, that... I thought was interesting was uh, it's kind of like that the there's a thing consistency mm. um, that as soon as a person has spoken or acted you know and said something like maybe profound or you know that is correct he is he is a committed person says watched by the sympathy or the hatred of hundreds whose affection must now enter into his account. They're clapped. He becomes clapped into a jail by his consciousness. So it's kind of, um, I was trying to like, you get stuck into some kind of 
the consistency trap. Like you say something mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden that becomes who you are. Yeah. And you're afraid that now you can't. Yeah. Gonna, like you're going to show that you're a hypocrite if you change. Yeah. Or that and, you were wrong. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. So you, it becomes a jail of your consciousness. You know, it's like, well, but you, the other day you said something, mm-hmm. you know, something a little different. Anyway, hopefully exactly. it'll be, become more clear what we're talking about as we go through and have more quotes. But um, who can thus avoid all pledges and having observed, observe again from the same unaffected, unbiased, unbribable, unaffrightened innocence must always be formidable. So if you can avoid the the kind of trap uh, hopefully i'm making sense you know instead of like okay well i said this but you can say something different you know another time or you know just be i'm trying to think of a an example of well you see that a lot in um you i don't know if this this might not be a bad example but you see that a lot in politics like you'll have like someone who some politician and then when they're running for some kind of office they're like 20 years ago, you said this, and now you're saying this, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and sometimes, or even the, sometimes it's like, well, you pledged to rate, not raise taxes. And now you, you know, I sure. mean, it's like, like, it's like you're unable you're like in your, in your election. To, yeah. And then, and it's like, well, things, sometimes circumstances change. I'm not defending sure. whatever, but yeah. I'm just saying, I mean, politicians are probably the worst example because they're the worst people. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But that, you know, I mean, could because they'll say anything. They're not even consistent. And, you know, they'll they'll say anything and do the opposite, you know, in secret. So I think you also have this big you have this problem in um, some strong religious affiliate contexts or groups where. Like somebody, there'll be some kind of like, you know, well, God, you know, the prophet or the God or the, you know, somebody from old times said this. And because of, and then like later on, there'll be evidence that they did something different. And, but people will be like, because they don't want to, they can't admit that that person might've been wrong. They kind of like tell some, weave some story to why that justification happened. or Yeah. Why, yeah. Know. Yeah. Anyway, well, um, so, okay, we'll move on because that's not totally, you know, it's sometimes one of the things about Emerson is that he, the way he speaks, sometimes you have to kind of look it over a couple times. Yeah. And, and to try to figure out like oh, several exactly times. what he's saying. Cause his, I mean, it's, it's written in the 1840s. So, and he's a scholar too. So he writes, you know, in a. And uses some wor- words that we don't I think, regularly And use. I think, I said this before, I think, I think he gets a bit wordy. Like, Should have been named Wordsworth. Wordsworth. He gets, he gets really wordy. He can say, he can say too much sometimes, but, and then it gets hard to understand, but yeah, yeah, totally. But it's good because he, you know, you can read over a couple times and be like, oh, wait, I didn't hear this. Yeah. You know, so I, it's like. I'm sure, I don't know how much time, he probably spent a lot of time weaving, working this whole sure. essay out. Like, think how much time, you know, for each one to be like, so, I mean, it's interesting. It's it's well thought out. I've had these exact same thoughts. I thought the whole thing. 
<laughs> before. Now I'm having to read it. But okay, this is good. Okay, what you Let's got? Let's see. Um Society uh Oh yeah, it's on the it's right here. Yeah, well, society everywhere is a conspiracy against oh. the manhood of every one of its members. Society so okay, I, this that society is conspiracy. Yeah. Dude, to talk about the ultimate conspiracy theory, he just pointed it out. Society. Yeah. It's a consp- it's a society against every individual. And he's he used the word manhood, you know, but yes. I think it's society is a conspiracy against individuals, any individual. You know, I mean, this is that's how they spoke in the 1840s about manhood, and you know, sure. but yeah, it was I'm a, saying every individual society, you know, and and definitely men and women, you know, that society is is the biggest conspiracy out there, and we're all buying into it. Then very few, you know, are willing to to get at it. Uh, he goes on to say society is a joint stock company. Okay. So this is a, like a perfect yep. in which the members agree. So we're all shareholders in it. Right. Mm-hmm. Of this joint stock company called society for the better securing of his bread to each shareholder. So, so we can all, you know, mm-hmm. work together. But in order to have that, we, uh, Surrender to surrender the liberty and culture of the eater. The virtue in most requests is conformity. Self-reliance is its aversion. It's the opposite. Yeah. It not and society loves not realities and creators, but names and customs. That's what anyway. Yeah, I thought that was the best. It's a good. It's a good point. What I mean. How many times have you done something that wasn't what you were supposed to do according to the groups that you're in? Mm-hmm. And everybody is immediately just like like people that were like you would rub shoulders with and be great friends with and then you do something that wasn't con- that you didn't conform to some kind of idea. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, like you have a bunch of people that are out to, to try and like almost in some cases like ruin you. Hey, Brandon, you're breaking the social contract. Yeah, that's a good word. There's for that. It. There's that. People. I mean, yeah. but people even talk about it like some social. Con- anyway, if you ever read Lysander Spooner, who Lysander Spooner? He was a, he was he was around the same time. He wrote the Constitution of No Authority. He was a he was kind of a libertarian thinker. Anyway, where he talks kind of like the bull, the the BS of the idea of a social contract, you know, and of the Constitution, like <laughs> it's interesting. You know, but that reference from you, yeah, Lysander Spooner, he's really he's cool really name. interesting. You're just like, what? Yeah, what are you saying is totally true, you know. Anyway, but this that's what he's he's saying. He's like, dude, you they want. Society wants total conformity. They put up these these rules and laws and everything to to end. It makes things, and nobody's going to deny that it doesn't make things. You get your bread, you know sure. that that people work together. But if, like you were saying, if you step out of line, yeah, it wants it will. And he doesn't say this, but it 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 will crush you. 
Yeah. And and it has places for for people that might step out of line, maybe in the insane asylum, maybe in jail, maybe, you know, buried in the ground. Who knows? But it it doesn't. So anyway, I just thought that was a really neat thing about the the society being a joint stock company that that we're all thrown into. I love it. I, I didn't love it enough to quote it, apparently. Yeah, or, Brandon, you but, loved um, it? To huh? market, but I definitely, I like that. But whoso would be a man must be a nonconformist. Right. So, hopefully he'll talk more about how to be this manly oh, nonconformist. That next line is fantastic. He who would gather immortal poems must not be hindered by the name of goodness, but must explore if it be goodness. Oh, yeah. Yeah, question even... The very rules of goodness. That's like Eckhart or Meister Eckhart, right? His like, you know, he would, if God, if God ended up not doing something right, he would turn from God. Like he believes in goodness. So. Oh yeah. Brandon, that's blasphemy. I know that's, that's heretical, but Brandon considered saying that this is a joint stock company. You need to sell your shares. (laughs) So anyway, um, and the, he goes on to say, nothing is at last sacred but the integrity of your own mind. I love and that. I true. did mark that one. The integrity of your own mind. Oh, I'm glad to see that you finally decided. Yeah, did I tell to... mark something? Absolve to yourself and you shall have the suffrage of the world. Don't know why I marked that one. It makes sense. So, oh yeah. Okay, so in this joint contract thing, good and bad are but names very readily transferable to this or that in society. Mm-hmm. You know, one day something will be good. The next day, like, it'll be it'll be bad. Like, at one point, there was, like, in the early times of the U.S. Uh, and then last, last century, they had totally banned liquor. Yeah. You know? And then, and then they reverse that. I mean, it's it's just the rules of society. As much as you think will are cha- are tra- changeable, you know, good and bad are transferable to this or that. Um, he says the only right is what is after my constitution. The only wrong is what is against it. Um, and, but he says this. I am ashamed to think of how easily we capitulate to ba- badges and names oh. to large societies and dead institutions. Every decent and well-spoken individual affects and sways me more than is right. I like that because we all do that with, oh, you got a badge? Yeah. You know? I mean, like like these, these like uh, restaurant inspectors or whatever going around shutting people down. You know, but they got a shiny badge. They got a plastic badge they're, you know, wearing around their neck. So they have that authority. And we're just like, okay. Yeah. You know, or or the police, you know, or whatever. It's just, we're, but we, names and badges. Oh, that's a lieutenant or, you know, yeah. a colonel or, or, or a senator, you know, all these things. Like, or, think, it, yeah, I, I'd say it's a bishop or a, or a cardinal or, a, you know, trying to think of other religious. I'm trying to think of religious yeah. badges, but yeah, there's Yeah. Well I'm saying, but if 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 you don't even know like who somebody is and also somebody's like, dude, that's 
that's freaking you know somebody and you're like oh my gosh i have a picture you know we all like, like run around and yeah yeah like i remember this time uh at ups uh matt salmon came and this is hmm. okay yeah, he was a local politician right yeah and he had this is a couple this is six seven years ago you know and he had just gotten reelected into something and he came he came and then there's all these people freaking out over him and i'm like you guys don't even know him matt salmon like i remember him from back in the you know uh, anyway from, his first running or something? yeah back and and it's just like but he's just nobody yeah like, like or he's just a he's just a politician but but because he was uh he I had don't know, some badge he had some title yeah he was People that know nothing, nothing about him. He might have been, you know, I think he might have been federal office somewhere, but I can't remember either. But it was just like, anyway, it was just like, well, but all the, all the, all the uh, supervisors and stuff were all like dressed up and stuff, and the rest of us are just wearing our regular clothes, you know. But they're acting like, oh my gosh, you know, like they're meeting like a celebrity, and it's just like, it's like, so what's one of his um principles that you agree with yeah like what 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 law has he pushed for or whatever you know they don't know but you know it's just he's got the name and the badge and that's no knock against matt salmon or whatever i mean but it was just kind of that's just the example that came to my mind so sorry matt if you're listening i respect you mark respects you don't i I know that you're probably listening matt (laughs) So one of the things, um, just to go back a little bit, I needed to say this. I, I realized that this is a, so when I first read this, this was something that was like, it really hit home to me is, um, there's this, I had the, I put a B a, I was looking at this and like, why did I mark a B a on this? Right. And like, Oh, know. these are voices. These are like voices in a conversation. Right. Okay. So here's the first one. Here's the first voice. So, what have I to do with sacredness of traditions if I live holy from within, right? Oh, yeah. This is that, that conversation he had with his friend. Oh, that's right. And my friend suggested. And then he's, and then, his, and then the... Because um, he was trying to preach. His friend was trying to kind of preach about the church. Yeah. And he said, but what these impulses may be from below, not from above. And that's something that has happened to me. And I, it's happened to people that I know is you do something that's not within the framework or it's not you you don't conform to the group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so you cho- you make a different decision. Uh-huh. And especially with how to like to do with like religion or philosophies or whatever. Yeah. And you do something different and you will have people that will have the audacity to say and I've had people tell me, "Are you sure that you're not following the devil?" <laughs> you know it's like are you sure you're not and i that's i've funny. had that I and mean, it's, that's it's, it's actually that's hurt scary. it's actually hurt when people have said that mm-hmm. to me it's like are you sure that are you sure that you're not following satan and i'm like what you know yeah and no, then yeah, and then the sucks. reply is they do not seem to be they do not seem to me to be such but if i am the devil's child i will live then from the devil you it's know? like what am i what do I, I i have to go with my own we all have our own thoughts and and insights and stuff, and so you want me to deny where I I see myself going and 
but because I'm going it maybe a little different than you are, it's from it's from the devil. Sure. Like, get out of here. Do you have anything um on this? Uh I noticed I marked one little line here and I Um Uh I I do uh well I have a few things, yeah. Um I like what he says he would write on the lentils of the doorposts. You know that that's that that's the Jewish thing, right? Those little papers. Yeah, yeah I don't know. Yeah, they're the lentils, but yeah. he would write the word whim because that's uh like he, he if most people were to follow their minds, they would move from one thing to another and not just be stuck in this rut yeah they'd be whim and he says i hope that it's somewhat better than whim you know but you know that it's it'll end up being better than whim you know because and later he talks about kind of like how you're going back and forth it seems like but if you're looking at the at the life as a whole Mm -hmm. you know then you actually see that there's there's a consistent straight line through it. That sure, it's not so it. much of a whim if it's a, if you're looking at the bigger but, picture. But I like that he's just like you know what. Sometimes you just got to you do different things. You don't have to stick with one thing. Anyway, um, oh yeah. So this is where we're talking about the poor. Yeah, um, are they my poor? Question mark. Yeah, he says. I hate when people tell me of my obligation to put all poor men in good situations. And yeah. then he asks the question, are they my poor? And then he, I, when I first read that, I'm like, Oh wow. Jeez. He, well, but he's talking about these popular charities. Yeah. You know, the, the all the, the different welfares and stuff. But your miscellaneous popular charities, the education at College of Fools, the building of meeting houses to the vain end to which many now stand, alms to sots, and the thousandfold relief societies. Mm. You know? Like, yeah. it, there's no end to these people, and they're always asking for And he's like, what do I have to do with, the, with this? Exactly. I don't want to give... He, he says... The thing I is, tell thee, thou foolish philanthropist, that I grudge the dollar, the dime, the cent I give to such men as do not belong to me and to whom I do not belong. What do I have to do with these people? Who's They're strangers. And they're idiots. Like, I love the the education at College of Fools. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's, that's pretty, big and pretty harsh there. Yeah, it's like. Yeah. What? Why? Why do I need to make sure these idiots get education? The thing <laughs> or... is, the thing is, is that sounds really bad, and it took me a while when I was reading it. That's why I marked that whole section up. I'm like, wow, what's going on here? He seems really like, you know, like I only, you know, I only take, you know, like kind of like, I yeah, don't but... know, shallow in a way. And I was wrong because I, the more I read into it, the more I realized that what he was saying basically is, like, there is. I ha- like he has poor, like he has people amongst him. He has people in his circles that he does need to take. That he does feel like he should help take care of. Yeah, and and yeah, like we all no, have like a boundary any, yeah. of like of of reach. Well, yeah, and, but I, and these that's are people what, that are going outside. These are the big philanthropy companies, you know, that have billions of dollars. 
but they're still asking you for the money. Exactly. And we see that now, you know, like, and, and then all of a sudden you find out, and this, is, this doesn't always happen, but 90% of the money goes to paying the administrators. Yep. Some kind of, you know, of like, like the small, the small thing actually goes to the thing there. Anyway, I, there's this whole thing about some cancer charity that, that they didn't pay a single cent to any kind of curing cancer. They all went to administration. Yeah. <laughs> it just pisses me off. When you it's, don't, I'm not, I'm not trying to, I'm not going to, I'm not trying to, I'm not going to be angling this to anything. So don't, but when you, when you give charity to something and you don't know where it goes, you get what you, you, you reap what you sow, right? Like you don't get it. You say, okay. Who knows? You're basically giving it to somebody and you don't know who it is. Yeah. And, 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 and Waldo here, Emerson was like, but I have people, I have a, a lady, he didn't say this, but I have a lady, I have a widow down the street from me that I know could use this. I'm gonna just gonna give it to her and help her. Yeah, why wouldn't? Yeah, why not do it closer to, to, to your own? I know these people, and that's yeah. the thing. These 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 people you're talking about are strangers. And then he goes on and talks about. Does this where he talks about the guy? Um, um where's he? T- talks about the guy okay well he talks about a guy that that's that joins in the cause of abolition that was a previous oh was it yeah anyway just really quick you know but for people of people yeah an angry bigot that has joined into the cause of abolition for people thought thousands of miles away Mm -hmm. and doesn't even in his total jerk to yeah. everybody around him but he's he's like he joined he joins abolition for people in barbados or something yep. you know that's what he and he's like hey take care of your own house yeah i guess skipping that go love of, thy infant love thy woodchopper be good-natured and modest have that grace and never varnish your hard uncharitable ambition with this incredible tenderness for people thousands of miles away yeah for yeah, for so yes, I mean, and in this because uh, uh, Emerson was a big abolitionist, and he so an abolition, a true abolitionist, and a true abolitionist can criticize someone for being an abolitionist the wrong way. Yeah, you know, it's not like, yeah, he definitely was, and so it's not like he was he wasn't criticizing abolition. Well, it's interesting because the early in the early uh, up where he was and stuff. And this is where the kind of states rights, but this, uh, that they had, had no slavery up in the Northern states, you know, they had abolished Mm it yeah, and they were pushing for abolition in the, you know, throughout the whole thing. And that was the big battle. And then there's the fugitive slave act and, you know, where basically if escaped slaves went up North, they were obligated under the federal government to, to give them back to yeah. go hunt them down turn them in and return them back and people what people did is in when a slave would come to their own community they wouldn't they wouldn't help help out they you know so it's one thing to say you know oh i want abolition but then all of a sudden whenever somebody comes to your community oh well it's it's in the it's in the law so i gotta oh, turn sure. you back over to do you yeah. understand what yeah I'm yeah saying? you're a hypocrite to, kind of yeah you're being a total hypocrite it's like no they the uh, real abolitionists 
we're like, no, we're not even going to these these laws. We don't we're not going to enforce them. Anyway, I don't know why I went off on that. But it was a good history lesson. This is about abolition. So, <laughs> okay. So anyway, but um, let's see. Will we? Man, we're go- we're only like yeah. five pages into this. Yeah, we can go faster. Uh, so let me read this. What I must I wrote down the monk next to it. I have this principle of the monk in my mind, but yeah, what I must do is all that concerns me, not what people think. This rule is equally arduous in actual and in intellectual life may serve for the whole distinction between greatness and meanness. It is, it is the harder because you will always find those who think they know what is your duty better than you know it. It is easy in the world to live after the world's opinion. Sorry. It is easy in the, it is easy in the world to live after the world's opinion. It is easy in solitude to live after your own. But the great man is he who, in the midst of the crowd, keeps with perfect sweetness of the independence of solitude. Yeah, to be in that—that's that's that stoic thing. Yeah, sure. You know, yeah, it's it's easy to what is it, to to. When you're with the crowd, to have the mind of the crowd. When you're in your on your own, to have in solitude, to have your own mind. But when you're, what does he say? But he who is in the midst of the crowd keeps with perfect sweetness the independence of solitude. That's the big thing, not being swayed by the crowd. Yep. And I have that marked, Brandon. Well, we both did. That's probably the first thing that we both had marked. Do your work. Okay, this oh, is the an second. The thing. second thing we both had more. Do Good. your work, and I shall know you. Do your work, and you shall reinforce yourself. He's, you know, talking about. Unfortunately, in society, he says, "If I know your sect, I anticipate your argument, and <laughs> if I know your politics, I anticipate your arguments. They're all the same. You haven't thought. I hear a preacher announce for his text the topic, um, and." I do not know beforehand that not possibly wait. Do I not know beforehand? Do I not know beforehand that not possibly can he say a new and spontaneous word? Yeah, it's gonna be out of the it's Bible. It's gonna be right out of the thing. Do I not know with all this ostentation of examining the grounds of the institution, this is the expert. Yeah. He will do no such thing. Do I not know that he is pledged to himself not to look but at one side, the pre-permitted side, not as a man, but as a parish minister. I like this. He is a retained attorney. Mm. And these heirs of the bench are the emptiest affectation. So I like the idea of the retained attorney. Like, so he's retained by the, by, so he, they have him on retainer. He can't go out and, do anything else because he's got to work with you know he's already committed to them anyway um and this is this is a good thing uh most men have bound their eyes with one or another handkerchief and attached themselves to some one of these communities of opinion do you have the um Mm -mm. this conformity makes them not false in a few particulars this is this is a good you know, the, them 
makes them not false in a few particulars. Their every truth is not quite true. Their two is not the real two. Their four, not the real four. So they are equipped. Nature has equipped them now in the prison uniform of the party to which they adhere. I like that yeah. because because if you're if you're committed to this one thing, you have you're lying. Like your two isn't quite the same. The, the you have you have to bend. Yeah, be bending to have this consistency in this in your party thought and everything. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, totally. Or you know it's, what he's saying? I know what he's saying. I believe I know what he's saying. So, and he talks about like just this foolish face of praise, the forced smile, which we put on in the company. You know, we've all been there like that. Whenever that Matt Simon guy was there, mm -hmm. like just like seriously, I remember seeing one of the supervisors and they looked so happy. Like they were like, like serious, like this yeah. smug look, like Matt Simon, like I'm rising up in the world. <laughs> yeah. Like. <laughs> and it was you know and i get it i we've all been there but it's just so interesting because how many people and myself included have because because of different things i believe people can surmise pretty a lot of things yeah you know but sure but if you're gonna follow if you're just gonna follow the party line everything that you that that is true has to be tweaked just a little yeah in, in, order, to, in order to fit your two is not the real two your four is not the real four that's good yeah uh let's, so, let's move on to his consistency real quick if, yeah if you want the other terror the other terror that scares us from self-trust is our consistency Mm -hmm. A reverence for our past act or word because the eyes of others have no other data for computing our orbit than our past acts. And we are loth to disappoint them. Yeah. So I like just this question. Yes. Suppose you should contradict yourself. What then? Who cares? Hey. You know, you can change your mind. It's all yeah. right. Yeah. You don't. And this is this is that that quote that i like that right the full a foolish consistency is the hobgoblin of little minds adored by little statesmen and philosophers and divine it does rhyme so like if somebody hasn't changed their mind it seems like a neat neat thing you know like sure. they never freaking changed their mind but it's not necessarily what are they sacrificing by not changing their mind? Have they have they been thinking about things? Have they deepened their understanding? So that's maybe a different way to. And then the end one to be great is to be misunderstood. Classic. You know? No man. Uh... Oh, I like this. He says, but you're going to be worried about like, gosh. Well, I'm saying one thing and then. I'll change it and and but people aren't going to understand me, right? Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, he says character he talks about character. Character is like an acrostic or an Alexandrian stanza. Mm -hmm. Read it forward, backwards or across, it still spells the same thing. 
Okay, so a character is like an acrostic. Okay, so you're gonna you you're thinking well, character is character, and you're gonna be you where you're gonna be consistent is your character. Correct, not exactly. And, and what you do, it's like well, you know what I know, brand like the I you know I know Brandon, and hmm. he always stands up for what he believes kind of thing yeah. you know or he he'll you know he's brave or whatever you know but you're always you're consistent in that even though your words might not always correct I, I, it's a good point and that's what's actually consistent you're picking it yeah so if i was if i was the type of person that like never was afraid to change because i it would be inconsistent then that would actually be my character yeah like uh, he won't he, yeah he's Oh, he's yeah. He oh he won't he won't listen to what you have to say, you know, or whatever. But but it could be like, how about this? Brandon's always willing to listen to what you have to say. Like Brandon will always listen, and not you know, kind of you know like that's character, not not you know. So it's better to have to have good character than consistency. So. Uh, it says there will be an agreement in whatever variety of actions, so they be each honest and natural in their hour. Anyway, I don't know. If, um, Luckily for us, I went through several pages of not marking anything. I would probably I probably didn't have a pencil with me. Oh, here's that. here's another thing with character. The force of character is cumulative. Oh yeah, character is not just one action. You know, it's not standing up for this bill or standing up for this sector, mm -hmm. this, what it says here, it's cumulative. It's not just a one-time thing. So, um, got it. And then he talks about honor. Um, we worship it today because it is not of today. We love it and pay <laughs> it homage because it is not a trap for our love and homage but is self-dependent, self-derived, and therefore an old, immaculate pedigree, even if shown in the young. So honor, character, honor, you know? Yeah, yeah. And it's it's not a trap. It's not like like you hear, the, you know, the trap of, like, patriotism or something, you know? Or, you know, like, oh, he's so honorable, he served, yeah, I get blah, it. blah, blah. Yeah, honorable is less, it's, it's like, more it's malleable. Like, no, it's, it's a lot bigger than that. Yeah. It's it's not it's it's not a trap, or it's not something you just put on something. It's not going to tie you down to anything. Yeah. But he says, I hope in these days... Oh, this is one of the things that I thought was interesting. And I hope in these days we have heard the last of conformity and consistency. He mm. wants it done away with, and this is in 1840. But he, unfortunately, he, he didn't. <laughs> let, it, let the words be gazetted and ridiculous henceforward. He says, I will stand here for humanity, and though I would make it kind, I would make it true. Let us affront and reprimand the smooth mediocrity and squalid contentment of the times and hurl in the face of custom. Anyway. Every true man is a cause, a country, and an age. And then he talks about Caesar. Yep. Caesar for ages after we have a Roman Empire. Whenever he Christ is born and millions of minds will grow to cleave to his genius. Um, 
so the an institution is lengthened is the lengthened shadow of one man so these big people that stood for whatever you know they had a huge impact and the rest of us are you yeah. know uh being moved by the wake of what they caused yeah we we, we kind of referenced that earlier yeah kind of just there's the movers and then there's the yeah man i got a lot i got a lot mark brandon oh my gosh this is a big essay wasn't it yeah well let's let's get um gosh dang it let's find some gold nuggets there's lots of gold nuggets jeez that always happens on recording um yeah, I marked too Mark, much. you have too much, man. I I limited mine. Well, let's only let's certain... go with your stuff. Let's go with your stuff. Okay. We need to get through this. Okay. Um, I got um. What I, I really liked as you're the, going, um, I'll look kind of. There's a part up here. This is more. This is a, this is back to him being um. Like. Focusing on like who you are rather than what people want you to be. Ooh, I like this. And he talks about how he says, Be it known unto you that henceforward I obey no law less than the eternal law. I will have no covenants but proximities. I shall endeavor to nourish my parents, to support my family, to be a chaste husband of one wife. But these relations I must fill after a new and unprecedented way. I appeal from your customs. I must be myself. I cannot break myself any longer for you or you. Oh, yeah. I like that where he kind of goes into this thing. He's like, I'm going to start saying, hey, this is me, you know, and. Because we spend a lot of our time trying, worrying about what other people think that we should be doing. You mentioned that earlier. Especially family. Exactly. And we, and we do things that are, that are prescribed from us from our inner circles. Um, one thing that he says is if a man claims to know and speak of God and carries you backward to the phraseology of some old moldered nation in another country in another word world, believe him not because mm. he's talking about reading that like that. God. It's kind of like the Jesus where he says the kingdoms inside of you, you know, that, that the, the God within you is he's, you know, you're, if, 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 yeah, he's trying to point you back towards these old moldering books and not showing you exactly. The, it's, once again, it's pointing somewhere else. It's it's taking it away from what's local and 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 focusing on something that's far away. Yeah, like old stuff. Like, um, I actually had that one too. You can, do you see my markings? Oh, sweet, Brandon. Yeah, there. But I like I like his where he talks about. There is simply the rose talking about. Um, mm, I love that one. Uh, it is perfect in every moment of its of its existence. Okay, so mm -hmm. this is like this is our lives. Um, before a leaf bud has burst, its whole life acts. In the full bloom, blown flower, there is no more. In the leafless root, there is no less. Its nature is satisfied, and it satisfies nature in all moments alike. 
but man postpones and remembers. He does not live in the present, but with reverted eye laments the past, or heedless of the riches that surround him, stands on tiptoe to foresee the future. He cannot be happy and strong until he too lives with nature in the present above time. This is that kind of thing like you have the, there's the oak tree in the seed. Mm-hmm. Every, every part of it. And he mentions that. Is an oak, right? yeah. yeah. Is, is perfection, you know, or is it's becoming. Yeah. So that was very, um, yeah, this part was very, uh, I don't know. He kind of, it, it, it reminds me of a few other philosophies that there's, there's a few philosophies that meant that really focus on like, yeah, this. So, well, I'm saying, but it, you know, we're uh, as humans trying to look forward or backward. Oh, I'm going to become this, or I wish I would have done that, you know, back when, you know, but in every stage, if you're living in the now and you know, the rose, in each stage is still a, a rose, you know. And he even goes as far as saying it, and it's perfect there. Perfect. It's perfect. So in you every need moment, to think of that when you're, you know, because we we get we get distracted on becoming, or caught up on past mistakes when we should be in the present and enjoy where we are because we're perfect where we are. And he says, you know, I, I like where he says, yet see what strong intellects dare not yet hear God himself, unless he speak the phraseology of, I know not what David or Jeremiah or Paul, you know, people are yeah. like, I don't want to hear God unless it's from David's or Jeremiah's right. or Paul's words. Yeah. <laughs> we shall not always set so great a price on a few texts. You know, that's his hope. Is that, oh, I don't want to hear it unless it's from the Bible. Or, you know, and it's like, but Jesus himself said that the kingdom's inside. What did he mean by that? Maybe it's something to do with your own intuition. Do you know that that man's given intuition that he can find that kingdom if he's listening so i got i got some things about uh self-trust just okay real quick kind of breakdown and the enemies of self-trust are conformity and consistency yes yep and the friends i guess are spontaneity and instinct or intuition yeah okay so what, these are the two kind of what was the whim 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 was the word he used earlier yeah yeah but i was but he kind of goes into but so they're the exact opposites so and the conformity consistency is what society wants you to do and to be an individual you need to be spontaneous and use your intuition because he he goes on to talk about how god communicates through your intuition those little insights those thoughts and stuff and most of us just kind of ignore it yeah what a crime yeah yeah he gets a little he gets a little uh he a lot of waldo's writings are like kind of non i don't know they don't he 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 steers away he kind of stays away from like being a little too religious 
or you know what I'm saying in his writings. But sometimes when he's he, there's a few things that he talks about, like, oh yeah, he has a lot of religious ideas. Yeah, because sometimes you think, gosh, this guy was like anti. Yeah, church exactly. Yeah, but then he talks about God. I guess it's kind of that old. Uh, what was it that the Deus? Yeah, you know, kind yeah. of rational God thinking. Yep, where everything you know. So he might have been along that school. Um, but if you're if you are like, uh, I'm trying to think. If you do that spontaneous and follow your own instincts and stuff, you will be an individual. You will be, be your, you know, nurtured that yourself. You'll be self-reliant. Yeah. And that's why it's interesting, like the whole idea of self-reliance being relying actually on yourself, like what you are and not, not denying your, your, um, or not develop or developing your own personality and thoughts and we not live, denying you know there's a lot of there's a lot of um like there's like a term today called influencer oh yeah and social media yeah yeah influencing yeah. influencers i think that there's a lot of like there's a lot of traps to fall in today uh-huh. And a lot of a lot of non in a lot of lo- a lot of not a lot of uh, dependency upon everything but yourself today, and a lot of people can fall. A lot of people can be well, can do well reading this this essay. Yeah, um, he it's it's really applicable to to today. Yeah, well, yeah, for sure. I thought there were so many quotes in here and that we didn't even get to. Um, that, yeah, if you read through it, you'll find, you'll be like, oh my gosh, yeah, that happens. And it's, it's just, that's, that's the thing is that you'll have your own insight or your own thing that will, things will pop up and be like, yeah, like he talks about prayer. Oh yeah. That's one thing that you've talked about before. Oh, let me get me. So let me get the, um, I have a, here it is. This is this. This is what I forgot to mark. Oh, okay. This is the prayer thing. <laughs> so yeah, I know you've quoted this before. Yeah. Um. And what prayers do men allow them? This is number one, right? Of those. Um. Yeah. And what prayers do men allow themselves? Let's go through these four things real quick. Okay. Let's just end it with the four things. Okay, that's a good idea. Um, and what prayers do men allow themselves? That which they call a holy office is not so much as brave and manly prayer looks abroad and asks for some foreign addition to come through some foreign virtue right and that's what's interesting prayer asks prayer asks some foreign ad- for some foreign addition so something far away you know that's not here to come through some foreign virtue mm-hmm. and loses itself in endless mazes of natural and supernatural and meteor mediatorial and miraculous prayer that craves a particular commodity anything less than all good is vicious see so okay prayer that craves something particular a commodity mm-hmm. is vicious yes okay prayer is the contemplation of the facts of life from the highest point of view 
It is. See, so that's what he's saying. That's real prayer. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It is the. I hate this word. <laughs> well, I'll just skip. We don't have to okay. say that. It just is the spirit the of God pronouncing His works good, but prayer as a means to effect a private end is meanness and theft. It supposes dualism and not unity in nature and consciousness. So here's the part that I was wanted to mark. As soon as the man is at, at one with God, he will not beg. He will then see prayer in all action. The prayer of the farmer kneeling in his field to weed it. The prayer of the rower kneeling with the stroke of his oar are true prayers heard throughout nature, though for cheap ends. I don't know what that. Yeah, anyway, I don't know what that, that means either. But no, like, but no, I'm saying the la- I don't know what the no. He just saying, ends means, but no, but he's just saying these are just these are just basic, simple examples of a guy just pulling his weeds. Yeah, you know, kneeling. I don't, yeah, I don't know why he says though for cheap ends, but because these are these are actual. Uh, the guy is working towards, you know, getting. Well, and it goes back to the very like it goes back to the actions speak louder than words. It goes back to the um... yeah, true prayer is the is the farmer. Let's just say the farmer kneeling in his field to weed it, the rower kneeling with the stroke of the oar to get somewhere. Yep, that's prayer is action. Exactly, prayer is not not like you said the craving, you know, something that's far away and yeah. won't happen or yeah. I mean, it's, it's, uh, or a means to affect a private end, you know, oh, you know, we're, so, and he says another false prayers are regrets. Uh, discontent is the want of self-reliance. Um, anyway, so, uh, men's prayer, men's prayers are a disease of the will. Their creeds, a disease of the intellect. Anyway, I'm just going through some. So number, okay. So that's that's one. Is, is yep. prayer is is an action thing. If you're trying to get it to to get a particular thing and whatever, and you're not, but you're not doing anything about it, and that's sure, exactly. that's a lazy man's, that's a lazy prayer, and that's what does he say? He says that's vicious. Me and, or uh, that's meanness and theft. Me and my wife have been using this term over the last. Uh, year or two we sometimes in reference will this will reference this and we'll just refer to it as the farmer's prayer yeah the prayer of actually going out into your field and kneeling and pulling the weeds Mm -hmm. um then the second thing he talks about is uh a one of self-culture and kind of uh the uh you're not enough traveling yeah like he's like people are going to europe and these places and they're you know to see these great things but get but and expect to be changed by going but they still bring themselves mm-hmm. and they find themselves in a miserable you know in just as miserable condition but amongst ruins exactly <laughs> he carries ruins to ruins so he's carrying his I love that same uncultured self to a you know ruined Culture, a, a place of the past, and yeah. Place. So anyway, that's traveling is a fool's paradise. Um, 
our first journeys discover to us the indifference of places. At home, I dream that at Naples, at Rome, I can be intoxicated with the beauty and lose my sadness. I pack my trunk, embrace my friends, go on the sea, last wake up in Naples, and there beside me is the stern fact, the sad self, unrelenting, identical, that I fled from. Yeah, you're still there. <laughs> your problem is so still there. So your problem isn't, and you know, my giant goes with me wherever I go. That yeah, I love that. My giant goes with me wherever I go. So the, and that's the whole thing. I think so he's he's putting traveling as us trying to run and find find happiness or culture outside so, of, outside of ourselves. And not not to say that going and and sure you know, but it's it's yeah, it's just kind of like well, you're uncultured and you could so. Um, and then the third thing I'll just put, he says, insist on yourself, never intim- Im- imitate your own gift. You can pre- present every moment with the cumulative force of a whole life's cultivation. But of the adopted talent of another, you have only the extemporaneous half possession. Man is unique. Every great man is unique. This is where you talked about. Who was Shakespeare's teacher? Who cares who Shakespeare's yeah. teacher was? It's not the teacher that made Shakespeare Shakespeare. It's Shakespeare that made Shakespeare. I mean, it was, you know. Exactly. Um, who was Francis Bacon or Newton? You know, it's, it's, they made their own thing. Um, he says, we need not. What and why the Doric and the Gothic model, beauty, convenience, grandeur of thought, quaint expression are as near to us as to any, you know. And if the American artist will study with hope and love the precise thing to be done by him, considering the climate, the soil, the length of the day, the wants of the people, the habit and the form of the government, he will create a house in which all these will find themselves fitted and taste and sentiment will be satisfied also. So you can make it this whole new thing because guess what? We're not, you know, I mean, you go to Washington DC and it's all the mm-hmm. models of some, uh, you know, yeah, different, th- different cultures and stuff. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, where's the originality? This, this is the American experiment, you know, or whatever kind of thing. The very beginning of that part three there, or the third thing, I forgot another thing that we didn't i didn't mark and we might you might not have either our our minds travel when our bodies are forced to stay at home there you go our minds travel in the in the defense of not having to travel out you know when you travel to somewhere to go visit and to see a different culture your mind isn't necessarily traveling because you're doing it and you're seeing all what you're seeing something else presented to you but when you're not traveling and you're at home, maybe working in your crops, for example, um, life might be boring. But because of that, we have the opportunity for our minds to travel and to think about things. Yeah. You know, like that, that's that self-reliance of of thinking through things on our own. Well, I guess traveling to you're looking at past men's thoughts and works 
And if you're with yourself and not traveling, you're dealing with your own thoughts. Speaking of traveling, I actually was driving to California last week. And my I forgot I was taking my other vehicle that I don't usually drive. And so I didn't have like my 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 charging cables and stuff in my car with me. Oh, you had to think a lot. Huh? <laughs> my phone died before I even got out of Phoenix. And uh, or my my phone battery was getting close to dying before I even got out of Phoenix, so I had turned off like my audiobook or my music and and my my entertainment. I turned it all off, and I I drove while I had to drive all the way to California with just uh, me thinking about things. What it was great. Oh okay. you know? yeah yeah. Sometimes it can be nice because I do listen to a lot of podcasts stuff, and sometimes I'm just like I'm just gonna turn you know everyone you know turn off and it's like, hey that's pretty cool. Yeah. Okay. So number four. Uh, okay. I'll just all men plume. Okay. Uh, you know the all men plume themselves on the improvement of society, and no man, and no man, no one man improves. So society improves. Let's go back to the conspiracy of society. Like we yeah. have to. Yeah. So society improves uh, as a whole, but individuals don't improve. And we can, I can yeah. see this today. I know I'm a victim of this. No, Mark, no. I'm a victim, man. <laughs> How could I have known? But just with this, with the improvement of technology, and this, all we're we're now closer than ever. You know. Yeah. We sure. can we can cut, talk on a whim, you know, and see people, and but we're further apart. You know, it's kind of that. You know, but and we're not we're not smarter. No, definitely. We're Okay, and yeah. this is where uh the civilized man has built a coach, but he has lost the use of his feet. Oh, I love that line, yeah. He has a fine Geneva watch, but he fails oh. of the skill to tell the hour of the sun. Um the man in the street does not know a star in the sky. The, mm-hmm. His notebook and notebooks impair his memory. His libraries overload his wit. Um, kind of stuff along yeah. that line. Insurance offices like, increase accidents. Yeah. Uh, he's and then he goes on to hey, let's talk about some people that did some pretty cool oh, stuff. I, I marked the, oh. the line there. Good. Read it. <laughs> I have a line marked. Look. For every Stoic was a Stoic, but in Christendom, where is the Christian? That's true. Oh man, that's ouch. Very ouch, man. Okay, so he says Galileo with an opera glass discovered a more splendid series of celestial phenomenon than anyone since. Columbus found the new world in an undecked boat. You know, just some crappy boat. It is curious to see the periodical disuse and perishing of means and machinery, which were introduced with loud laudation a few years or centuries before. Like, just yeah. like, this is going to make everything better. And mm-hmm. you're going to, you know, but, but, where is the how has the man improved that's the big question that's the, that's a, and, that's, and think about that that's a great way to end his essay to, or he's it's near the end of his essay yeah here. so yeah. let's just end that how has the man improved with all the greatness of society all the great technology where has the individual improved and that's the question you got to ask and that brings that brings you know what that makes my opinion of this essay a little bit different than it was the last few times I read it. E- even last night when I reread through it, you know, 
me sitting here with you talking about it, if I was gonna if I was gonna like outline or if I was gonna quote one line, what is the what is his thesis, right? What's what's his main point of this essay? Society's a conspiracy. That's man. what it is. That's Society what it is, is a conspiracy. Dude, I like that because I didn't even. I mean, I know he said it, but I didn't it, like until today. I yeah. was like, "Whoa, dude! The biggest conspiracy of them all is society." And, and you know what? Yeah. Like at the end, it says most men gamble with their fortune and gain all and lose all, as her wheel rolls. But do thou leave. Uh, don't leave it to cause and effect. Oh, deep, man. The Chancellor Ralph, of where God. were you going there, man? Yeah. Um, in the will, work and acquire. So we can, we don't have to be pushed around by cause and effect or by the conspiracy of society. Exactly. We, If we trust ourselves, trust our own thoughts, then nothing can bring you peace but yourself. Nothing Grow your can own bring garden. You peace but the triumph of principles. Amen. Well said, Waldo. Waldo, you rock. The first conspiracy theory right here, man. 1891, 1841, man. That's awesome. Yeah, it is. It was pretty good. I like that more than I used to. I mean, I have always liked Society's conspiracy. But... Dude. Nice. Yeah. All right. Well, hopefully you got something out of it. I know we said a lot of things. Yeah, we kind of went we we kind of went in order as the way the essay was and we we skipped some things, but like I said, Ralph is he's kind of wordy like Yeah, we, I had a lot of things. We touched on most quote. of his topics. Yeah, I think we did. So So for sure. Well, um if you get a chance, read it. It's not that it's not long. Like it's an essay. I mean, you know, mine printed is 21 pages. Yeah. But it's not, it's not even like, so that's, that's as long as it is. And you'll find, you will find something in there. Um, also, if, if you don't want to read it, you can listen to it on LibriVox. Yeah. With a guy named Bob Newfeld, who's a good, you know, and I, I've, that, I've listened to it more than I read it. Mm -hmm. And it's just nice. Cause all of a sudden you're like, yeah. Like you'll hear something, you'll be like, "Dude, he's saying what I'm thinking." Yeah. Or like I, I text you, it's like, "Dude, this is so relevant <laughs> to to how things are today, you know, and everything." So maybe trust in yourself a little bit more, and trust in your devices and and things around you a little bit less. Yeah, it's almost like look that's to what, yourself. That's what everybody needs to hear right now. So yeah, don't worry. You know what, society. Uh, as a whole is going to go one is going, you know, a certain way. It's okay to push back a little bit and not follow totally. Yep. Rely on yourself, the real self-reliance. Anyways, um, Nate, thanks a lot, Mark. That was a good, that was a good topic. Yeah. I'm glad you chose it. Ralph. And I'm glad Ralph took the time to write it. Yeah. All right. We'll, um, we'll talk to you next time. All right. Bye. How long do we It's not as I don't I don't think it's as long as it seems. <laughs> oh crap, I already pushed stop. Oh, I can get like on this. Oh, out. Yeah, it's not as long as it seemed. Oh crap. Well, we're back, guys. Um 
We got more quotes. Here, open up to him. <laughs> 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 <laughs>